You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Well, good morning. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, We've been talking about uh, making wise choices. And um, if you were like some this week that made a very poor choice in picking Virginia in your bracket pools, um, sorry about your luck. Um, But just goes to show you that uh, even when you have the best information and everything looks to be in that right direction, um, it doesn't always work out that way. So um, as we started off a couple weeks ago, we talked about how God was in control. And that in every decision, everything that we get to, God is in control of everything. And in everything that we do, we should count on his direction. We talked about how God was a sovereign God. He's one that possesses supreme power. So, of course, he'd be able to help us in making those wise decisions. Last week, we started to look at ourselves and how we played a part of that decision making. And that... We are responsible in our own free will to make the right choices. And the fact that we need to reach out to grab the wisdom of God to help us in making those decisions. We talked about how influences from the outside world, as we talked about Adam and Eve, and how they influenced their decision. But yet, when we looked at Cain and Abel, how there wasn't really that outside decisions or outside influences that decision, a poor decision was still made. So I know that you walked out here last week going, wow, how do we make that right decision? I know you thought about that all week. And I think I have an answer for you today. But before we start, let's open up in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for, again, this morning, for this opportunity to be in your house. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word and the truth of your scripture. Father, I just pray, Lord, that as I bring forth what uh, I believe you have for us this morning, that, Father, that hearts be open and receptive to it, that, Father, that uh, you protect this place this morning from Satan and his evil ones, that, Father, that they not be able to snatch your word as it goes forth. Be with the other teachers and the other classes. Just pray, Father, for their direction with their students as well. And we thank you in your son's name we pray. Amen. John chapter 15, if you'd open your Bibles. John chapter 15. So again, we're going to pick up in making right choices. Now, growing up, I was a bit of a cartoon fanatic. I'd always get home from school, you know, TV was just starting, there'd be cartoons on in the afternoon, and they were decent cartoons, of course, based on today's set, but there was always one thing that always stuck in my mind. Whenever there was a decision to be made by any, by most cartoon characters, something would pop up on one shoulder and something would pop up on the other. Now, those of you that are in this generation would know, typically an angel would pop up on one side and a devil would pop up on the other. And the angel would be there trying to lead that character in the right decision. And, of course, the devil one was sitting there trying to convince them to take the, to the other one. And that would be nice almost today if we had that. We had that little voice on our, on our shoulder going, this is the right decision to make. This is why you should make the right decision. If I told you that there's an opportunity or a way to do that today, you might go, Phil, you're nuts. 
but I think there is. Let's turn to John. In John chapter 15, we'll start in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye accept, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear me much fruit. So shall ye be called, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, and ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandment, and abide in his love. There's our direction. There's our ability <clears throat> to have that constant reminder. It's the action of abiding with Christ. It's, it's being engrafted in him that helps direct us in our daily lives. Like we looked at last week, there were no distractions really for Cain and Abel. And we see those distractions for us every day as we go to make a decision. Is it the right one? Is it the wrong one? Is it the pressure of the world directing us in how we think we should make a decision? You know, is it, do I make that choice for that better job moving somewhere else where God really hasn't directed me, but it looks like it's the right move to make. I mean, based on the world standards, it would be crazy not to. But has God have something for you here that he wants to keep you here? Sometimes we often take, again, everything that we've talked about in the last couple of weeks talks about the focus of God. And what does God want us and where does God's direction? And unless we focus in him and we abide in him, if we're grafted in with him, we will have a difficult time really understanding what he has in store for us. And that's how we block those influences out. As we engraft in God, as we have Jesus in our focus, as he is more of a lead in our lives, it's easy for us to not look at the outside. You know, as Peter got out of the boat and he was focused on Jesus and he was walking on the water, we often forget that as long as he was focused there, he was okay. It's when he got distracted by the outside influences is when he got himself in trouble. And that's as we make choices today. It's understanding how those can be done. Making those wise choices, abiding with Christ, it comes by maintaining a relationship with Another Jesus Christ. Subtle scent of now, it's more than just coming on Sunday morning. It's more than just coming for Sunday night. It's more than just Wednesday it's more than just your devotional time or your prayer time. It's something we should be doing every waking moment. It's always understanding that he is part of it. It's by developing a spiritual relationship, not just going through the motions, but really getting to know him well. Think about men when you were dating or courting, however you want to define it. When we were focusing on our soon-to-be, hopefully soon-to-be wives, I mean, we, our attention was there. No matter what was going on, 
you know, we made sure that we were meeting those needs to make sure that we were keeping our relationship built up. Do we often have that relationship with Jesus Christ? You know, do we just go through the motions? Do we just come into church and listen to pastor and listen to the messages, listen to the other speakers and just go, okay, I'm in it for here. And then as soon as we walk out the door, it's gone. You know, that relationship's now focused on, is gone and we've broken it. And now we're focusing, well, what are we doing for dinner? Or what are we going to do this afternoon? Or what's my work week going to be like? It's keeping that development, keeping that focus, keeping that walk. And the way we do that is by abiding in Christ. Jesus used a simple analogy here when he went through the, the vine. Raising fruit, raising grapes were a big part of the industry back in the time during Israel. It was something that they knew of. Matter of fact, if we went back to Isaiah chapter 5, it describes Israel as likened to a vineyard that does not produce fruit. In Jeremiah 2.21, Israel is described as a vine that is sending out degenerated shoots. So it was something that they were aware of. It was something that they could relate to. You know, and, and that's what I like about as we read through the stories of Jesus. He didn't give some really deep analogy that you had to be a Bible scholar to understand. He broke it down so that the average person could relate to what was there. Come on, flip. There it goes. So in verses 1 through 3, it says, I flipped one over too far. It says, I am the true vine, and of my father is the husbandman. Jesus is that true vine. I mean, through all our lives as a Christian, and this is really written to Christians, for us to really in, improve our relationship with Jesus Christ, for us to really move our lives as a Christian, we need to have that abiding time with Jesus. We need to have that. And of course, God is the husband. Jesus is the source of our life and our strength. Through him, we are able to bear much fruit. And again, if we think about that, when we try to do things on our own, without having that direction, without having that ingrainment of what Jesus is and who Jesus was and what his teachings are, it's very difficult to us to make those right decisions. I mean, think about it. If, if you're making that decision based on little or no knowledge, and again, I'll, I'll tie something back to what a lot of people today are, are well aware of, the brackets. You know, you have, <clears throat> excuse me, you have those that, are, that spend time researching each school and seeing how they've done, they've done. They look at their power rankings, trying to determine who's where, who's the best fit. Then you have some people that go, well, I like their mascot, so that's the one I'm going to use. Or you know what, I really like the color of their uniforms, that's the one I'm going to use. That's the one I'm going to go with. Again, you know, you're going, how can you make a choice based on their mascot? That has nothing to do with it. But yet, people have won major money in pools because that's what they used, you know. And sometimes we see that in our, in our lives. You know, we try to make the right decisions based on what the world tells us. And then you have someone else who just does something crazy, and they seem to be blessed, and we're not. So again, I think that's where it comes back for us as Christians to have that abiding knowledge of Jesus Christ and where we're going to go. He's the, the vine supplies life. It gives nutrients to the branches, which are us. If we look at that analogy, if Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. And part of how we bring forth fruit can be related to the decisions that we make. <clears throat> if we make wise decisions, 
if we make good decisions, then often we see good fruit from there. It's when we make the bad decisions that we don't see good fruit. And as we know that someone who is carnal will continually to make wrong decisions, often has a hard time with his life. Abiding is to accept without objection. It's to remain stable or fixed in a state to conform. Now we're going to talk about this hopefully next week is a little bit about faith and how that comes in to the decisions that we make. But abiding is the same thing. We have to take what God has for us on face value. We can't then take what we read and go, well, this is what I think. I mean, we've heard it so much from our pulpit about how churches today take the word of God, manipulate it to what they think it should say, so that they can promote their own doctrine. You know, it's pretty simple. It just takes some time to study and it takes some time to develop that relationship with the Lord so that we can understand in how to make those right decisions. In Colossians 1.10 it states that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing of the knowledge of God. By abiding in Christ, we see the world in his view. Therefore, in the decisions that we make would be truly a good representation of him. You know, again, I'm, I'm not going to say something that you haven't heard before, is that in some cases, you are the Bible that people will see. You are the representation of Christ that people see. It's how you react. It's how you respond. It's how the decisions that you make is how often people will go, well, that's not a Christian. Because they already know what they think a Christian should be. And it's when we make those wrong decisions that we think we're doing because it's the worldly decision to make, it's that right decision to make, it's where we often give a wrong testimony of Jesus Christ. You know, for a while there were these WWJD bracelets that people would wear. You don't see them around much anymore. But they were there as kind of that constant reminder to go, well, what would Jesus do? Well, if you're abiding with Christ, if your relationship and your fellowship with him is where it should be, you shouldn't need a bracelet to remind you. Because that's in front of you. Every decision, every place that you go, everything that you do, is based on what would God want us to do. It just becomes a natural point of our lives. Come on, flip. There it goes. So, again, if we're talking about abiding, think of a mother carrying an unborn child. That child is connected. His, through the umbilical cord. The nutrients come through. Everything that child needs to grow is through that cord. If that cord gets tightened, tied up, all of a sudden there becomes a problem. So much with all, our relationship with Jesus needs to be. We need to have that abiding, that ingrafting with Jesus Christ so that our lives can continue to grow. I mean, we never stop growing as a Christian. We never get to that point where we know it all. We never get to that point where I don't need this anymore. We always do. I mean, one of the things that I was, I was thankful to hear last week during the testimonies of, of Pastor, or a couple weeks last week, was the fact that his life has been based on the Word of God, that he spends time and time and time and time studying, preparing what he needs to do to bring us forth what God wants us to do. And a result of that has been how he's made decisions in his life. So again, I would ask you the same thing. Shouldn't we spend as much time getting to know the Lord as pastor does? I mean, just because that's his job, of course that helps. 
But just because that's his job doesn't mean that we're any less off the hook from the study that we need to do. We should have that same relationship. We should have that same drive to get to know the Lord as much as pastor does. And that would help us in our daily lives, in our daily decisions, in our daily walk, is to keep that focused in front of us. It requires belief in the sacrificial work of, John, of Jesus on our behalf. As we look in, in, four, in the verse 4, it says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye able in me. I mean, that's where it comes from. For us to really be able to have a successful, have a fruitful life in the decisions that we make, it's relying on Jesus. It's staying connected with him all the time. Again, not just on Sunday morning. And that's often difficult for us to do because we want to get sidetracked into other things. Jesus wants to abide in us all day long. Again, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of keeping a theme here. There are the formal times that we're in touch with him. There's the devotional time. It's a prayer time. But he also wants to be involved in every decision we make. So like this morning, for example, when you got up, did you have to struggle with, well, do I go to church this morning or do I stay home? Some do. You know, for us, it's routine. It's, but is that the right reason? Do we come because it's a routine? Because I know I'm expected to be here. Do I know that I'm coming to church because I know I have to teach Sunday school or Pansy has to teach Sunday school or, you know, one of the kids are helping out somewhere. Is that the reason I'm here? If that's the reason that I'm here, if that's the reason I'm making that decision, that's the wrong decision. I shouldn't be coming to church because I need it. I should be here. Well, I should be here anyways. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I should be here because I need to learn. I need to grow. I need to fellowship. And that's where our decisions have to be taken through. It's, you know, do I come back tonight? Would I rather stay home and watch more basketball? Which I wouldn't do. But, you know, maybe it's a Super Bowl. Maybe the Lions make the Super Bowl. If that happens, things are probably going to be very cold around here. There you go. That tells you how opportunity that's going to come about. <clears throat> but that's the whole mindset of, you know, would I stay home or should I come? And again, it's, it's those decisions that we make. Now, often we rationalize ourselves in our own minds to be here or not. And that's, and that's okay. But think if we put God first in the decisions that we make, how he would want us to act. So it's like, okay, even something as simple as, what am I having for lunch today? Should I have that greasy hamburger with lots of cheese and bacon? I would say yes. You know, God may go, Phil, you're a little overweight and you need to cut back. You know, well, if I have a half a slider and a salad, it'll work itself out. <clears throat> it's all about balance. It's all about making wise decisions. It's not just the hard ones. I mean, we come to God and we come to, we come to him for that tough decision. You know, should I buy this? Lord, I need this. Lord, can you provide this? We're right there knocking on the door. You know, it's not like Jesus is a vending machine that we just put our money in and out it comes. Yeah, that balloon's kind of stuck up there, isn't it? It's the fact that we should be looking at him for all, every decision, every idea of where we need. We should take every decision to him in prayer, not just the hard ones. And I think that's where abiding with Christ, it's understanding what he wants to do in our lives, helps us along the way. He wants to guide our thoughts so that when we do pray, 
We pray right. We understand that how we're supposed to pray. We're, we're given guidelines throughout the word on the direction of prayer. But sometimes we often, you know, we become selfish in our prayers. And again, as we get the mindset of Christ and not just look at ourselves, but look at those around us, it helps us make better decisions in our prayer life. However, look at it this. In verse 4 it says, Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in me. Your success, your blessings, are not from something that you do. Those all come from what God has in store for us and for us in our lives. In verse 6, though, I want to warn you with this. It said, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. The men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. This does not talk about your salvation. So don't get confused. And it's easy to be confused there, to go, well, if I'm not doing the right thing, he's just going to cast me out. It has nothing to do with your salvation. So keep that, keep that thought right, right there. But it does talk about how our lives work. You know, a, you've all seen a carnal Christian. We've all seen those that are making wrong decisions, those that are not walking in fellowship. Their lives are miserable. And this is where it's really referring to. It's talking about as you bring fruit, as you bring forth life, you're blessed. When you're not, you're not getting those. You're not getting those blessings. You're not having that fellowship. You feel miserable. You know, again, this is something that we, we've heard before. There's nothing worse than a carnal Christian, somebody who's miserable, somebody whose life they know what they should be. They know what they should be doing. They know the relationship they should have. They know what they can have, but they choose not to because they're misguided in their decisions. In verse 7 and 8, it goes on and says, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so ye shall be my disciples. Now, again, don't misinterpret this to go, well, as long as I abide, I'll get whatever I want. What that means is that as you're abiding in him, you'll know what God wants for you. So you take off the me part and you focus on what God wants, and that's where the direction is. You're going to be blessed. It may not be the way that you would normally think that you're going to be blessed, but it would be there. John 8, 28 through 29 says this, Then Jesus said unto them, When ye are lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me. I speak these things, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not, hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Christ set an example for us of total submission. His obedience to the will of the Father so by abiding in him, we should follow that same path. What an example. You know, as we look at where Christ was headed, headed to the cross, that's not something he really wanted to do, but submitted himself to the will of the Father. And that's what happens when we abide. When we are abiding in Christ, we submit to his will. We understand what his will is. So that when we go to make those decisions, we're not doing it on our own, but we're doing it as Jesus wants us to make. Again, it takes faith, it takes obedience to step out from what we would normally think would be the way to go to get those right decisions. It's simply obeying. You know, the kid, we, we talk to our kids about obedience and trying to raise them in the way they go and to be obedient to their parents. 
We should have that same relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to be obedient. And that's where sometimes it's difficult because without having that abiding relationship with Jesus, it's easy for us to question, is that the right direction? And we'll talk about that a little bit next week, hopefully, is that we'll look at some of those examples. But in our lives, as we look at a decision that needs to be made, as we look at a direction that we need to go, do we look and go, God, are you really sure about this? You know, we can look, at, look back at the life of Abraham, and when Jesus came to him, and, or when God came to him and said, look, leave. It's time to leave everything here and get on the road. Where am I going, Lord? And I'm paraphrasing here. Where, we, where am I going? Don't worry about it. I'll tell you as you go. To take that kind of faith, to make that decision to say, you know, I really got everything I need here. I'm successful here. I have everything that I need here. If I leave, I don't know. But yet, he had to be obedient to that decision. And then we know later as how God would bless him and his family later on. But it took that step. It took him making that move. And that's somewhere that we often need to understand in our lives is that we don't know. We may never know. But if that by abiding with Jesus, by abiding with the Lord we'll get a better understanding of where he wants to go. And then again, it's pure obedience. We may not know why he wants us to move. He may not know why he wants us to give. You know, we often have missionaries come through and we're giving to missionaries. You know, and you're, you're often going, well, can I really swing it this week? Or, you know, should I, make, should, should I give that amount that the Lord's tugging on my heart? Not knowing where that money may end up. You know, we're looking at here and now and going, well, really, I, I need money for lunch tomorrow, you know. But if I sacrificially give, you know, will that money put them to a point where they're able to reach more? Will that give them enough money to be able to go out? And that's where we don't understand what the will of God is unless we abide with him to understand where that's going to go. It's staying connected with him. Well, this is my, going quicker than I thought. So in order for us to make the right choices, we need to let Jesus lead, guide, and direct. It's basically putting ourselves in God's hands. And again, that's difficult for us to do. Because as we've been brought up in this country, in this generation, our culture, it's more about what can you do? What can you take control of? You know, don't rely on other, on other things, on other people. It's all about you. It's all about how you take care of yourself. It's a struggle for us to turn it over to God. Because, again, part of that comes from the fact that we either don't really believe that God knows what he's doing. Do we really think that he's got our best interests in heart? Because when we think about it, from, again, from the world's point of view, we're nuts. You know, where we spend our money, how we, where we spend our weekends, you know. Um, you know, I'm taking my Sunday and I'm, it's devoted to the Lord. Well, yeah, but we could be golfing or we could be skiing or we could be doing something else. You know, the world wants you to be focused on your pleasure. It wants to be focused on the here and now. We don't know that end game. You know, even by spending time in the Word and understanding the relationship with Jesus Christ, 
We know where the end game is going to be eventually, but it's how our life, it's how our path takes us along the way that we're often unsure of. And that's where we need to have that comfort. And abiding by Christ, you'll get that. Again, as we read through John 15, it's all focused on abiding. It's all focused upon letting Jesus be in control, letting he be the one that gives us the direction, being he the one that gives us the comfort. You know, if you think about it as a child, when they're growing up, they have no care. You know, they may care about getting fed or, you know, getting out to play, but they don't worry about where the money's coming from. That's what mom and dad are for. You know, wouldn't it be interesting if we took our lives and said, you know what, I'm not worried about it. I'll leave it up to the Lord. Now, again, that doesn't mean we don't have responsibility in that. But if we let the Lord really guide and direct us in our lives, really take control of our lives, how much different would we then be? Through abiding in him, it expresses that he loves him. Let's turn back to 15, chapter 15. We're just going to read down 9 through 17 as we get ready to close here. It says this, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might, be, might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit shall remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things have I commanded you, that ye love one another. So through abiding with Jesus, through that effort to get to know him better, we get to know his love that much better. And often when we feel alone, often when we think that there's nobody there for us, by abiding with Jesus Christ, by spending that time with him, we'll know that we have his love. This will turn your priorities upside down. This will take your focus and your direction and your goals and put it more on a spiritual goal, what God wants to have for us. And that's sometimes difficult, again, for us to comprehend because we're all focused upon us. Abiding, simply trusting and obeying. So as you walk out of here today, I pray that you've been challenged and that that you may change your life a little bit by abiding in Him. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.